0: Welcome to another episode of Self to Society My name is Dennis Gable I'm the only voice that you're going to hear today Except for the voices in your head (laughs) I appreciate you listening, thanks for tuning in Uh, Today's episode is called, or it's going to be about vulnerability I don't know what I'm going to call it by the time that I publish it I imagine it's going to be called something along the lines of The Cost of Vulnerability and, um, yeah, I'm just going to jump in. So this episode also might go longer than 20 minutes because I don't know how quickly or concisely I can talk about this topic. So, about 2012, I got an idea for an app called Vulnerable. Um, I worked with two really wonderful people to launch that app, Paris Pinckney and Angie, her name was Angie Race. It is now Angie Von Slaughter. um, It's the coolest fucking last name of all time. Anyway, um, worked with them to develop this app called Vulnerable. The purpose of the app was to provide a safe, anonymous place for people to share things that they've experienced, things that they're thinking, things that uh, have happened to them or that they've done to other people in an environment where... There isn't. There's no trolls. There's no liking. There's no friending. There's no messaging. It just literally, simply is a safe place for people to go share a part of their story. Um, Vulnerable technically still exists on the uh, Apple platform. We ran out of. Uh, to be honest, we just ran out of resources to to grow it any further. Um, I tell you a little bit about that and that backstory because. It really was the predecessor for me putting uh, my feet to the ground about an issue like vulnerability. Um, One of the best compliments that I've ever received ever in my whole life uh, was uh, an old friend of mine told me that I was Brene Brown for her before Brene Brown was Brene Brown for everybody else. (laughs) Um, Which is a fucking one hell of a compliment. Uh, There's nothing that you can say greater about the impact that somebody like Brene Brown has had in the world of vulnerability and getting people to experience themselves and, uh, and do so in an honest, authentic manner. So, Why does vulnerability matter? What the fuck is vulnerability, first of all? Um, There's two thoughts behind it. One is that it's a willingness to tell the whole truth. There comes a point where that just is fact-telling, where we're just simply stating things that are true, which doesn't necessarily uh, devalidate them from being vulnerable things, but it also can be used as a mechanism of safety when... Pardon me, when we when we want to say something but we want to do it without emotion so that's one thought the other thought is to be right in the thick of the shit and say maybe the scariest thing that you want to that you could say um i've I, i'm very fortunate to experience other people's vulnerability i'm very fortunate to have created a space in my life where people come to me with things that are vulnerable to them, and they allow me the space to do the same should I choose. And the older I get, and the more that I've had to heal from, the the more I truly believe that vulnerability is the thing that can actually connect humans. Um, And why do I say actually? Because... We talk about a lot of things that can connect humans. We talk about different faith strategies or religious structures. We talk about political views. We talk about different types of food or beverage. We talk about uh, this esoteric idea of love. Uh, We talk about hobbies or interests. And yeah, to a point, we can find sameness in some of those things. But in my experience and in my observation of the world, it's only ever vulnerability that allows two people to mesh themselves together. That doesn't have to be in a romantic or sexual sense. It it more so is just a a human human to human relation sense. Like we just have the ability when we choose to be vulnerable to mesh ourselves with another person in a way that we don't normally have with any other approach. Uh, I spent many years in the church, and I wanted that to be the thing that could connect me. Part of the reason is because then I didn't have to be vulnerable. I didn't have to share some of the deepest, darkest, hardest, ugliest shit that I was either that I had gone through or that I was going through because I had this barrier of faith in front of me that was, a, that was an initial connecting point where I no longer needed any other validation for trying to connect with the person. I've done the same over food and drink, uh, not so much politics, not really my bag. Uh, I've done so about interests, whether it be art or um, how beautiful the sunset is and in all of my connectivity with humanity and i don't mean that in any sort of arrogant way i'm just very fortunate to be an extrovert who loves to connect with people and i've been i've been lucky to connect and meet i don't know tens of thousands of people personally i don't know it's uh it, it's very humbling and uh, humbling is not the word that i really want to use it's very sobering to think about how many humans I've actually come in contact with. And in my experience of connecting with a great deal of human uh, interaction is the only time that I've ever really connected with somebody and had my impression last on them and their impression last on me was when we were willing to share in something vulnerable When we were willing to bring our shit to the table and say, I don't know if you're going to like this or hate this, you might run away, but here is a part of me. And that's probably the bravest side of vulnerability, is to look at somebody in the eyeballs and say, look, I I understand if you want to run, but this is a part of me. Ooh, (laughs) give me the the shimmy shakedown shivers over here. (laughs) Shimmy, the shimmy shakedown shivers. I need to coin that. That's going to be the new dance. Y'all thought rap dancing was over. Mm-mm. The shimmy shakedown shivers. It's on the come up. Um, <laughs> I digress. But for real, when, when uh, I, it was an episode, I don't know how many ago, I said vulnerability begets vulnerability. It takes one to know one. It takes the initiation of that kind of exchange to get it out of somebody else. And if there's any conversation that I've had more through this podcast, it's this conversation of being able to say, having people ask me, how do I be vulnerable? How do I pursue authenticity? How do I get this shit out into the world? Um... Or how do I connect with people? How do I share my story? How do I let somebody else believe that they're, that they're not alone or that they're worthy or that whatever it may be? And my answer has always been and probably always will be, you got to go first. When you're willing to go first and to put yourself on the line and look somebody in the face and go, you know what, you might walk away, but it would be worth it if you did for me to share this with you. Man, that's some powerful shit. Woo! That's some real shit. Uh, to, be, to be ballsy enough to say, you can walk away and I would understand if you did, but I got to tell you anyway. Ooh, that comes with a cost. And I, the purpose of this episode is really to talk about the, what comes after vulnerability. I feel it a lot. Um, I feel a certain heaviness in my, in my entire soul when I'm actually vulnerable with, with people. Uh, because here's a confession of mine before I get too far into that. Here's a confession of mine is I'm really good at fact telling. I've been fortunate to tell my story literally thousands of times. And some of the details of my story have just become details of a story. I'm also a type 7 on the Enneagram. If that's confusing, just forget that I said it out loud. Essentially, what it means is that my default emotional position is to flee. It's to retreat from the emotion to go find something that is pleasurable or enjoyable to replace that emotion. One of the parts of growth for me as an adult was learning how to sit into the emotion, uh, experience it, much like... Uh, my coffee maker is turning off so sorry if you can hear that uh much like a a ride at disneyland or whatever theme park you like best <laughs> uh you 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 sit into it that bar comes over your lap and then you go and the ride happens it's jerky and it goes through and it then it f- stops um But learning how, I had to learn how to just settle into that emotion, get to the end of the ride, and then get off the ride and keep moving. So for me, it's relatively rare that I'm actually meeting somebody with some new emotional information in that moment of of emotional exchange. And let me assure you that when I do, uh, I've actually had the opportunity to do some of that really recently. And when I do, it not only makes me want to throw up, but it scares me, and it makes me want to cry, and it makes me think. It brings up every insecurity that I have. That uh, I'm not. I'm not worth. And th- this isn't just. I'm. I'm going to use a lot of words that will sound like it's directly uh, aimed at romance, and that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is. Um, whether friends or potential clients or, um, whether it is romantic, uh, that, that feeling of thinking. So you share the vulnerability, you get, you meet somebody in that emotional space where, where nothing else can exist. If it's truly vulnerable, nothing else exists in that space. No manipulation, no intention, no, uh, no ill will, no, Optimism even, because being vulnerable is so bare and raw that the insecurity that comes out of that type of experience and exchange is heavy sometimes. And I know for me, what it brings up is feelings of not being worthy, feelings of not being chosen, uh, insecurities that that even though somebody might hear me, they're not going to want me. Uh, I often... I often walk through life feeling like, what do I feel like? Um, A pair of shoes from Goodwill. (laughs) That's probably a great analogy. I oftentimes walk around life feeling like a pair of shoes from Goodwill. That I've got a lot of life left. That uh, I know I know that I've helped support other people. I know that I've stood in the dog shit with other people holding all of their weight. And then I got given away. And each and every time that I experience, ooh, I might cry now. uh, Each and every time that I experience that kind of vulnerability and I'm willing to engage in it, I feel like a pair of shoes from the thrift store. Man, talk about that. I like, I'm actually being vulnerable. Uh, One of the benefits for me, um, if you're just listening on the podcast, I also almost always do an Instagram Live now. And part of that is so that I can feel connected to somebody. I can see uh, people on there saying hello and commenting and I can't really respond to it, but it it helps me to feel like I'm speaking to a person and not just myself. So if you're watching on Instagram, uh, I hope that you uh, can at least respect or honor some of the vulnerability that um, we're sharing just in this moment. It's crazy. Anyway. Uh, and And so that insecurity that comes from that is real. And, and for you, it's different. Well, maybe not totally different, but not everybody walks away from, ex- from expressing vulnerability, feeling like a thrift store pair of shoes. That's just how I feel. Um, some of us walk away feeling any, any experience of emotion, uh, mostly of which will be insecure. This leads me into my next topic. After I take a drink of coffee. Thanks for dealing with my slurps. Anyway. So when we experience, when we share vulnerability, when we are vulnerable, almost always indefinitely, the feeling that we're going to walk away with is not one of like ultra confidence. It might be confidence in so far as understanding... I really met with that person right there. I really connected with that person. Maybe the feeling is I really helped that person. Um, but almost always when we share that type of raw human experience, our our default position is to wonder how we're going to fuck it up. Our default position is to look at ourselves and say, Okay, that was too much. That was too much. You're too much. This is not. Uh, nobody's gonna want these beat up, ass old shoes that you're that you're showing. Um, almost indefinitely, we we convince ourselves that we're not worthy of being loved after vulnerability. I'm gonna say that one more time. <laughs> We convince ourselves that we're not worthy of being loved after vulnerability. And it is maybe the number one killer of all things vulnerable. Uh, just that reality that maybe somebody won't actually want us when we're done being vulnerable with them. When we're done really meeting them in this space of intimacy and, uh, and life and openness and the... Uh, the authenticity of a moment, there are people who won't want us after that. There are people who haven't wanted us after that. And that's okay. It's not okay in the moment because it feels fucking terrible. Oh my God, it feels terrible. Most of us have had somebody walk away. Most of us have had somebody look us in the face and say, next, not you. Don't want it. Can't handle it. Not going to deal with it. Almost all of us, probably for sure, all of us have had that kind of experience, and it's it's draining. Um, with each and every time that somebody does not, uh, with each and every time that somebody dismisses us or rejects us. It truly, truly does get harder to do it again and again and again and again and again. And we want to believe that in this world of like affirmation and everything is beautiful, that we have this endless source of power. We want to believe that we have an endless source of giving of ourselves to other people. And maybe we do, but it doesn't come without a price. I, I do think that we have an endless expanse of emotion. I don't know that humans can wrap their head around how much emotion they can give. I was having this conversation the other day about love, uh, romantic love to be specific. I was talking about romantic love and how most people that you see in relationships are bored or miserable or sad or unfulfilled. And we, we have this really normal trajectory you meet, it's exciting. You talk about falling in love. You have sex. Sex might be great. It might be mediocre, but it's at least sex. Then you get engaged and then you get married and it's not always that way. Uh, and then it goes just down, 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 And it doesn't, marriage isn't necessarily the killer. Here's the killer. The killer is that we stop allowing ourselves to believe that it's okay to be vulnerable. <laughs> uh, we, stop, we stop allowing ourselves to believe that our vulnerab- vulnerability is valid and so is the vulnerability of somebody else. And so we let one little stupid thing that causes a little resentment change how we treat somebody else. And you go through two or three years of that kind of activity, you're going to fucking hate everyone. You're going to hate everyone. Everyone. And everyone will hate you. If, the, if we're not willing to create a, a limitless ceiling, a, a limitless top, blow the top off the bitch. <laughs> uh, there's no ceiling. Our emotion is, has an endless expanse. I really believe that to be true. I don't think most humans actually understand what is capable with another human. Because we don't give ourselves the credit, and we give up too quickly, and we get resentful too fast, and we settle too quickly. We start saying, oh, well, I, I know that he or she does this, right? Um, and I don't want to go into a fucking relationship talk. I'm just trying to give some context to the next thing that I'm going to say. I think our emotional output, we haven't even, we haven't even grasped at it yet. I also believe that our ability to get kicked in the fucking teeth maybe has a shelf life. <laughs> maybe there is a limit to that. Um, and maybe not. Maybe with therapy and support and some really great experiences of vulnerability, maybe I'm wrong and I hope I'm wrong. But I know that for me at only 36 years old, yes, I said only 36 feeling sprightly today and <laughs> uh, only 36 years old, I know that each and every time I get rejected or dismissed or uh, the reality that I'm just probably not the right fit for that situation, whatever situation that may be, friendships job, whatever. When I each and every time I get to those points, it stings a little more, and I have to dig, sometimes a lot deeper, to keep buying what I'm selling, to keep to to keep believing in the words that I'm telling you, that vulnerability is worth it, and uh, if you've listened to the podcast in any stretch uh, over the. 37 episodes or whatever the hell we've done together. Um you'll know that I've shared quite a bit of my shit on this platform. Um I'm not here to hide anything. I'm not here to make people think that I am something that I'm not. Uh I'm not some fucking guru. I'm not special. My brain is just wired a little bit weirder than yours maybe. <laughs> um But I've shared my shit on here, and I'll continue to do that. And part of why I do that is for me, uh, even if I die broke and alone, I have an endless desire to see other people actually live. And I have that desire to such an extent that I'll probably... Sometimes it forces me to not even take great care of myself because I'm so concerned about how much I can give that I don't always sit back and give the same things to myself. So what is the cost of vulnerability? The cost of vulnerability is that sometimes it's going to cost you parts of you. The cost of vulnerability is that sometimes you're going to have to get kicked in the teeth to have any sort of concept of how helpful you can be. When you're really willing to just give that away and sit back and try to figure out how to put some of the pieces back together. One thing that I would want Uh, maybe you guys to think about in this is, is think about how you feel when you're rejected. Earlier, I said, I feel like a pair of thrift store shoes, Um, shoes that have carried people's weight that have stood in the shit that still have a lot of life left. And yet each and every time my vulnerability is rejected, I just feel like a pair of thrift store shoes. Identify what that might be for you. Identify how it affects you when you present vulnerability and it's rejected. Or when your vulnerability is accepted, but you are what's rejected. Because that shit is heavy. Oh. Ooh. And even uh, here's here's another um thought on this. Because I know that I've done this to myself, so I'm guessing that, like, while I'm crazy and maybe I'm not all that crazy, (laughs) sometimes it's not even that I get rejected. Sometimes it's that I'm so afraid that the person or people that I'm being vulnerable with won't want me back that I completely fucking self-destruct. And I... Uh, think about being a robot, right? Like if you were a robot and you reach into your chest and you just fucking start ripping wires out until you can't, till you can't function as a robot. I feel like that's that's something that I've done to myself. It's something that, uh, depending on the person or the moment or the situation, that I still do to myself. And and if I'm being honest. It's simply because we have a lack of belief in our ability to be chosen. We have a lack of belief in our ability to be loved and to be worthy and to be desired for exactly who we are. Um, Man, oh fucking man. I'm going to need a nap. (laughs) This fear is not unique to me. This fear is not unique to you. This experience that I'm sharing is something that so many of us live with silently and secretly. We're so afraid to let anybody else know that we're scared to fucking death of them walking away from us that we destroy ourselves first. Or that we become who we think they wanted us to be without ever having the context of who that person is. At the end of the day, ooh, man, oh man, I'm going to cry again. At the end of the day, the cost of, vul- the cost of vulnerability is you. The cost that we pay, the price that we pay for vulnerability is You it's whether or not you're willing to be self-destructive. It's whether or not you're willing to push through. It's whether or not you're willing to be willing to do it again. We don't lose anything by being vulnerable, except the parts of ourselves that